Hello, and thank you for listening to Radio Radar Plus. This is episode 31 for Friday, December 18th. I'm your host, Ludwig Kitzman. I'm the U.S. Editor-in-Chief of GamesRadar.com, which is a video game website that also covers historical intergalactic conflict on occasion. But very rarely. Very only recently that we've really gotten into that. Um, I'm joined today by Editor Maxwell McGee. Howdy, folks. Editor Lucas Sullivan. Hello. And social guy, person, thing... S- just <laughs> socialman. I mean, I feel like just saying editor it doesn't really fully encapsulate how social you are, Anthony. Anthony Joanello. Eddie, little Eddie. No, <laughs> we're not doing this. We're not. Little Eddie. Have you seen my chance cube? Eddie. Anytime you would go visit him in episode one, Pod Racer, when you had to go upgrade your your Pod Racer, that that was like his only voice bark. You'd go into the shop, and son of a bitch, every time, have you seen my chance cube? Really, like, dude? That's no. what he actually just, says in it. I just want to buy a part of my thing. <laughs> I, I don't. Find something about repeated sound bites in video games, I just find so amusing, and I hope they never change. We were just—I was talking to Max all the other day, just about the uh, what uh, Kaz says in Metal Gear Solid Five when you fault in people. And you see, he kind of just says like a very limited pool of things that he says. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, he's coming too. I know he has like <laughs> three things that he can say, and two of them are negative. <laughs> so he's just constantly putting down on you, Ragging no matter up. what you're faultening. You'll fault in you kids. I'd be like. Yeah, oh, oh, he's coming too, and you're like, damn it, come on, Kaz, like, <laughs> just a kid, man. Kaz almost certainly just has like a tape recorder that is flipping a switch every single time somebody's folded. He doesn't care that what Snake's up to. He's, he's like Ferris he per- Bueller-ing it, yeah. like yeah, he's in the Ferris office, it. the back on Mother Base, perfecting his burger recipes. <laughs> Buddy, have you gotten to that part of the game yet? Where no, Kaz no yeah, that, that's pretty deep in before you get to the hamburgers of Kazuhiro Miller. Spoiler warning, everybody. Yeah. We went right from chance cubes to burgers. This is how it goes sometimes. This is a very unpredictable show. I think we have to we have to talk about the wampa in the room, as it were, and that is uh, today is Star Wars Day. Star Wars The Force Awakens is finally out, and I think we should get that talk just out of the way, just get it out of our systems. However, spoilers are forbidden. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not to to even come close to them or hint at them. Nothing like that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make it really simple. I'm gonna gauge your opinions on the movie um, by merely asking you three questions. And I think these are three burning questions that anyone who is a fan of the the movies will want to know without spoiling anything that actually happens in the film. They'll just feel very reassured once they once they know. So uh, my first question, <clears throat> and you can start, Anthony, because I think you've you've uh, you've most recently seen the movie. Of the following characters, who was your favorite character, and why? Boss Nat. It's always Boss Nass. Boss Nass is always the answer. He's not in the movie. Boss Nass is not. Or is that a spoiler? You can't. Oh, no, that's a spoiler. <laughs> Great. Whether uh, or not is it, Boss Nass is in it. Is it Kylo Ren, Rilo Ken, Ryu Ken, or Kyle Reese? Which of those characters <laughs> was your favorite? Which of those characters was my favorite? Yes. All right. So my, okay. It's Kylo Ryu- Ren, Rilo Ken, Ryu Ken, or Kyle Reese? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who's Rilo Ken? Is that I'm gonna person? Go with, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Hudson when he appears, and there are two Michael Beans on screen, and Kyle Reese and Hudson are looking at each other longingly. Hudson, and Hawk? then they have to determine which of them is going to race a pod with a chance cube. See, the thing is, I I haven't seen the movie, but I'm pretty sure the reason. Kylo Ren is the bad guy is because whenever he orders Starbucks, uh, they write Rilo Ken. It's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> Have any of us seen the movie? It's just the word. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I might be the only one who's seen He's like it the here. Keith David of Star Wars. Or is it the David Keith? The Rilo Ken. <laughs> uh, next question. What was your favorite scene featuring <laughs> Han Solo Cup's hairy companion, Chompy? Which one of those? <laughs> I like. Well, my, my favorite scene is when Newt Gunray reappears and says, Chompy, you need a haircut! And then. They no, go. G- Newt Gunray was the racist Chinaman character. What? What did you say? <laughs> what? Yeah, there you go. That's the one. What? 
Not aware of any Jedi. I just, oh god, I hate that character so goddamn much. He's the like, biggest, dumbest dummy in the whole movie. He's just like, I don't know what's happening. I just have a bunch of money. I feel sorry for the space parrot that dies really early in that movie because of the poison gas. Were you talking about when you fight the end in the middle of Metal Gear Three? <laughs> no, you no. shoot his parrot and he gets upset. Because I, I felt bad for the parrot too. <laughs> What part were you talking about? Because that's the part I was, part I was talking about. Space parent in Star Wars. There wasn't any freaking space parent. There was. A space you're just parent. making stuff up. It was. I'm making stuff up too. Look, you're not the only one who just makes stuff up. I'm in the sure, it wasn't show. a novelization. I'm sure it wasn't there. Um, okay, I guess we'll go back to Anthony because you're clearly the expert. <laughs> he's got all channel. the. Po- he's on the board I right now. He's got all the points. It's so lopsided that only one of us has seen the movie. But I, you know, I think it's really important that we have some kind of review. Everyone demands it. You have to. Have to we're get, yeah, no, we're gonna bring it around here. Yeah, round three. Um, here so we go. okay, so how were the lifesaver battles? <laughs> and did Boba T ever get to use his normal detonator? <laughs> So that's when he pulls out a cat, a small gray cat, who's adorable. (laughs) Puts it in a box, ships it to Abu Dhabi. I'll do it. I'll blow it up. I'll blow the whole thing up. Because he's holding a normal detonator. (laughs) Or would it be a detonator that then releases normals? Yeah. Like you would, would do that sound effect that like, and then a bunch of cats would like just go running. Everywhere. Was that the lady cat or the? That was the gray lady cat. That it was sort Garfield of like, have the like in Sonic the Hedgehog. You know how there's like Amy and right, she lusts right, after Sonic. Right, I think this is yeah. the same thing where there's Nermal. Love she, she lusts after Garfield. But then who does Garfield? No, lust? no, no. Lust. Nermal, Lasagna. Nermal, Nermal, oh, it's hang on. Like, Nermal's the baby. Nermal's oh, is that what it is? Okay. Too <laughs> cute and takes all the attention away from Garfield. Oh. Garfield fact check. Just oh, I, I must yeah. be getting my Garfield expanded universe and <laughs> canon yeah. universes mixed up. Well, Tertiary yeah, there's the, and then Garfield there's, well, there's the pink cat who does lust, lust after Garfield, and I can't remember right. her name. But I don't. I know who you're talking about because she's got the the sexy eyebrows. Yeah, oh. she's got the sexy. Eye- she looks like Martin Lawrence in drag. Yes, but yes. as a cat. <laughs> That's what she and pink. Like. <laughs> I can't picture that. I made this. That's not possible. Uh, so overall, it sounds like it's a good movie. I mean, it sounds it sounds fine. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it was really it was nice to see Chompy again. Chompy <laughs> yeah. being back was, was a huge and Boba T. And Boba T. Yeah. Yeah. I hate boba tea, man. With those little, like those little ball things in there. You know, the boba. You suck those up in your straw, and it just ruins the whole thing. Oh god, I hate, I hate it. I I just want to enjoy a refreshing uh, drink. Little eyeballs. Oh yeah, exactly. You're making my point for me. (laughs) Um, But but seriously, folks, um, I think the reaction that I've seen so far to the movie is that it's it's mostly there's a sense of relief. I think, like almost as if. Balance is being restored to some degree. Yeah. Um, the series being back on track after a really long time away, and there's like at least that 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 feeling where you kind of have to ignore pieces of things that you like um, for such a long period of time. That's gradually going away. Yeah. Um, but I want to know if you think there are any other examples of this happening in games. Like, is there anything that has been that was severely damaged and maybe went away for a long time but came back uh, in a positive way? I would say. Um, Tomb Raider, between the Lost Core design game and the first Crystal Dynamics game, which was Tomb Raider Legend. Mm. Um, I feel like that was one of those those times where you had this downward spiral, this quality kept failing and going down, and you still liked uh, you know the, the series from the beginning. You liked Tomb Raider conceptually, you liked what they were, what they could accomplish with it, but you sort of had this repeated lack of innovation and stagnation. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you had the uncertainty of new creators taking over, and uh, they really delivered a game that was true to the original series, and uh, it was it was a little different. Right, like it's it's when like when a when a Bond director, a new director takes over a Bond movie and brings it back. I think it's usually the same one. It's like uh, like Colin Campbell or whatever. Uh, they brought him in for GoldenEye and uh, uh, Casino Royale. It's I like, not just know that. don't let that guy leave the room. <laughs> just like because you have to keep calling. It's like sorry, we messed it up again. Could you come and reboot it, please? I got one for you, Pac-Man Championship. 
edition Ooh. DX. Yep. Is that yeah. did I? Is that the order? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that was still that, that was still the second Namco. one though. Like Championship Edition was the first. One. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Then that one. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Like Pac-Man was wasn't really as Pac-Man relevant. Pac-Man Two was a joke. Right. But that was like the real sequel. That was a real <laughs> Pac-Man sequel. Yeah. Spiritual successor. No. Pac- Pac-Man 2 has, to this day, one of the most disturbing covers of any video game I've ever seen. Because you would pick up the, the Super Nintendo version of Pac-Man 2, and it was like a lenticular cover, which, if you're unfamiliar <laughs> with that word, it was the sort of thing where if like, you tilt the image, it's like there's like a limited animation used to see this on Trapper Keepers. That's a very old-fashioned sentence that I just said. Uh, Next to a, a neon unicorn yeah. standing in front of a turquoise dolphin. On a, uh, yeah, it, it would, it's what would be on your slap bracelet. And yep. the lenticular <laughs> image of Pac-Man on the cover of Pac-Man 2 was Pac-Man, like, riding a hang glider off a cliff but like letting go, like messing up halfway through yeah. with like a look of terror on his face. Like Even Pac-Man, more. he just just it's time to give up, buddy. He's got a family. Just let it go, man. Just let it all go. But at oh, the same time, God. that cover is conveying a lot of information that you didn't know. Like there's a whole world outside the maze. Right, like right. You can go hang gliding in Pac-Man's world. It just keeps coming. Well, you down. can shoot slingshot. Uh, pellets at him to encourage him to hang glide. You can't <laughs> right. actually. Yeah, you don't have direct glide. control over him in Pac-Man. Too, so you just right? torture him into doing things for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So Wait. Th- explain. So, this okay. Hold on. Hold on. Explain hold on. Wait, I thought you okay, guys knew. So he's hang gliding. Okay. Yep. He's hang gliding. You shoot the pellets at him to keep him hang gliding. If yeah. you don't shoot pellets at him, what happens? He'll just stand there. Doing he falls nothing. into a crippling on way <laughs> from which he never returns. I, see, I thought you were going to say he lets go of like the hand glider. <laughs> well, I think he can shoot him down. I could be making that up entirely. I think I am. Wait, so is this like a, a, a third-person game, or I'm I'm not following it's, this it, at all? It is a 2D side-scrolling <clears throat> adventure, like point-and-click adventure almost. Oh, dear. Oh. It's, it's, it's a super... Yeah, because that's all the language that you use when you think of Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> you think side-scrolling, mm-hmm. point-and-click adventure, domestic mm-hmm. house house. Yeah. You also think weird cartoon. You think Batman: The Ghostly Adventure oh, yeah. mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. some platforming, which is which could have been a good game. It's it, it's close to being a good game. Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. Like if you play it for two seconds, you can trick yourself <laughs> into thinking it's a Ratchet and Clank game. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, Ratchet and Clank games are good, and this is terrible. It's better than Sonic Boom, though, right? Any, well, it's it's better than any Sonic 3D platformer ever made. <laughs> Across the board. Even Dreamcast, Just wow. Flat blanket statement. My God. It is better than Sonic Adventure. But it's not Nobody... better than Shadow the Hedgehog. Well, I mean, Shadow the Hedgehog has jeeps and guns. That's just a superior product right there. I'm going to jump in here and say, uh, I think we might be seeing this kind of thing happen with Resident Evil Revelations 2. Rev 2? Which I really enjoyed this year and was a very refreshing game to play after Resident Evil 6. I would agree. I think we've we've spoken about that game on the show before, and yeah. it, I thought it was really notable notable for the fact that the characters in Resident Evil for the first time spoke like human beings. Yeah, they didn't just <laughs> spout action movie dialogue uh-huh. and yell at each other. They talked about yeah, I, that was something. That was something I I wanted to note in the review, but it ended up getting cut. Is I had a paragraph or two just talking about like this theme of parenthood and fathers in the game, like all the characters. Barry talks about. His troubled relationship with his daughter, and uh, there was a second example that's not leaping to mind at the moment, but somebody else talking about their parents. Um, and it just had like this emotional center that you went back to, and it was like, I'm not used to seeing this in a Resident Evil game. And it also has like, 
this great cooperative mechanic where both players play differently, but in like complementary ways. So one person's supporting and one person's doing the guns. Shine those lights. And that all works super well and lends itself to the creepy atmosphere. Yeah. And it had like a smaller footprint, like it was set on an island. That mm-hmm. was it. Like they mm-hmm. didn't like go for like a there's a huge city being attacked. Right. Yeah, and you're globe trotting through all these different <laughs> exactly. campaigns. And it even handled like references to older games really well. I like like one of my favorite moments in that game still is just when uh someone says you were almost a Claire sandwich yeah. Yeah. and instead of like them just leaving it there without like dressing it down a little bit Claire says oh Barry Barry tells that story all the time right oh. yeah <laughs> Yeah, that actually, one's like, really like, good. I was just visibly annoyed by this you, like, uh, invoking that stupid line. When you're playing as Barry, you unlock like this gate somewhere early on in the game, and as soon as Barry steps through the gate, he goes, "Who's the master of unlocking now?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Luddy, I was actually gonna say, like, the thing that I love in Re- Revelations too is is, and it's not just those callbacks in the dialogue. The fact that they're like. All right, we're going to recenter, we're going to reconsider, you know, our shift towards all action Resident Evil and make something that's like a little bit slower and a little bit more exploratory. But we are not giving up the 20 years of absurd, convoluted canon. Right. In any way. Like all of it ties in, like there are like there are like slight references to the the CG DVD only movies mm-hmm. that Claire is <laughs> in. Which is awesome. Like, I, 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 I'm so glad. Max, you're so right. Like, it's like, it's not quite a reboot, but it is a, a wonderful return to form. Yeah. Right. It hasn't like, been that long since Resident Evil 6, but Resident Evil 6 was they're so little, they're a little bad. Right. Empty. Like, so disastrous that it feels like it kind of just annihilated your interest in the series. Yeah. I mean, Resident Evil 6, <laughs> the one thing I like to do in Resident Evil 6 is I love playing. The horde mode, mm-hmm. just like against just waves of zombies. I like the gunplay and like the shooting of it, but it's completely mismatched for like, for the Resident Evil universe. Whereas I feel like Resident Evil Two, you still have like you, like, you still have a lot of interactions you do. Like it's not a boring game. You're not just running around not doing anything or like taking one or two shots. Like you're constantly running around from zombies and figuring out like if you're playing with Barry and Natalia and Natalia's pointing out weak points Barry's lining up these critical shots you know you are always a little low on ammo so like you're very engaged with the game like you would be in Resident Evil 6 but it doesn't feel like this is some an action movie with the Resident Evil name stamped on top of it it feels like a Resident Evil game Mm -hmm. but it also feels exciting but in a way that's appropriate if any of that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) we gotta finish that game one day you guys haven't finished it? Uh, well, I've, I've, this is my third playthrough. <laughs> okay. I played it through a review, then I played it through it again with somebody else, and now I'm playing through it with Lucas as well, and we're at the very end. And unfortunately, the very last last part of the last chapter is really kind of a drag, and I've not been... <laughs> oh, do you not, do you not like the final boss? No, I don't. Oh, and I, I don't like how fight. insanely long Barry's half of the chapter is in the final yeah, chapter. it is. Versus it is Claire's, which is like... Ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, what difficulty are you guys playing it on? The hardest one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. See, there you go. They, they, Fair that, enough. that fight is so entertaining on easy. Like. Oh yeah. That, oh, it's great. It's it's so dumb because <laughs> you, can, you can just get right up. You have like a billion magnum bullets at that. Yeah. Point. They just start throwing them at you. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that I would say is comparable is uh, well, it could it could go wrong, I suppose. I don't really know yet, but uh, it's Psychonauts two. Mm. Like, and I don't but, think Psychonauts, uh, Psychonauts is a great game, but it it's like one of those games where the reception is is so muted compared to what you expect or to what the quality of the game is that mm. you really you're like there'll never be a sequel. Yeah, you just like you you give up on it in some ways. That's and now that's coming back. That's different though, Luddy, because there yeah. was no like it never got tarnished. Like Psychonauts right. was never made bad in any way. Well, some people don't like that meat circus. I will. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I'm I, okay I, with it. It's not so bad. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's no it's no Hades level. Yeah, in God of War <laughs> one. <laughs> It's Don't just recall. like hard. Like it's not. Wait, that's the, where you're climbing up the wall with it's all like the knives, the spikes, and like you kept yeah. getting knocked down. Yeah, and, like, sort of. yeah, I do remember that. David Jaffe has repeatedly apologized for that level. That's how you know it's bad. 
Uh, is there anything else? Did I miss anything? Is, is, is that... I think, yeah, dude, uh, there's there's a really good one. It's not the most recent example, but Mega Man came off of years of, of pretty crappy games with Mega Man 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was, you know, but between between there and, like, it, it, there, are, there are defenders of Mega Man 8. Uh, I think Mega Man 8 has a lot of merits. I, I don't think it's the best game in the world, but, like, between 1997 and when that game came out in 2008 or 9? That sounds it? right. Mega Man 9? 8 uh, sounds right. 8, yeah. 8 and then 10 was in 2010. Uh, that's right. Uh, you know, between there, you had, like, real freaking stinkers, man. Like, X5, <laughs> X6, and X7. Yeah, are, you had all those late Mega Man X games, which go up to, like, 8, I believe. I, and they, it, they just get progressively worse and worse. X8 is sort of a course correction. It's not great, but it's it's very, like, it's very good. X8's good. <laughs> it's just not, like, an excellent game. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hold it up to, like, Mega Man X or X2 or any of those. But Mega Man 9 was like, all right, screw it, screw it. And it's very similar to, like, you know, Star Wars, where it's like, we're going to go back to the beginning and give you what you like, except this time there's Splash Woman, and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. Well, that seems really apt because the game was deliberately made in the style yeah. of the originals, which yeah. I think is is what you could say of The Force Awakens. It's big, big it's time. supposed to evoke, you know, the the classic movies and the, their sensibilities versus modern stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then you get to Mega Man Ten, which is kind of a Mega Man Ten kicks ass, dude. I will, <laughs> not, it's like, I will, I will it's not hear a sequel in the same style again. Is yeah. my my criticism because it's great. Because it's excellent, and you get to play the whole thing as Proto Man, you Philistine. <laughs> I never understood the hate for ten. It seems like just I didn't more hate it. I just think like I, I wish they had gone like they had used their momentum to make like a really cool original Mega Man game from there versus another one in the style of the NES games. Mm. Well, you're gonna get your wish, February, my <laughs> number nine. There you go. <laughs> There you go. That looks that that looks like a fine use of the Unreal Engine. That that product. Right you there. need physically based lighting in a Mega Man game. What about Azure Gun Vault though? <laughs> no. We like that game. Oh, well, all right. We we have differing opinions about that game, Luddy. Because I think we both really like it, but the level design is kind of crap. Yeah. Uh, I actually do have a legit recommendation. I think it's called Legend of the Dark Witch Two. <laughs> on 3ds, I that believe like that's the name, name title. <laughs> it's uh, it's basically Mega Man, and it's awesome. <clears throat> Legend well, of the was, Dark uh, Witch Two. I think I wish. Is, is you there know, a Legend gonna, of the Dark Witch One? <laughs> maybe and, and there do is. You need to have played it to maybe understand there. why she became a Dark Witch. Uh, well, Anthony, we've got a good recommendation in this category, and that's what is it? 20xx. Oh, 20xx. Oh, that's right. Great. Yeah, that's what a really it, good Mega Man game. Awesome game, yeah. Uh, we had them on the stream a few months ago, and it's still in early access, but it's like a kick-ass game already. Like, despite the fact that it's in early access, and the guy who built it is a crazy person who decided to build his own engine from scratch for his very first game, and it actually works. Uh, I cannot recommend that game enough. Yeah, good call. I can confirm Lucas, it. Lucas, what the hell is this game? Legend, Legend of the Dark, of the Dark, Dark Witch 2. 2. Instead I'm of Robot Masters, right you get Moe. This looks like some anime. <laughs> it's this just like my like, anime. <laughs> this look, this it looks is, but like, it's legit. Is it good? It, it's good. This, it's good. This looks like the kind of thing that I could get to a, a like a windscreen <laughs> at the end of the level and see some things that I can't unsee. <laughs> Right as your wife walks in, you say, "Yeah, oh. I'm saying some deviant art shit could happen when I get to the end of this game." No, I think I, you know, I can't say for certain, but I think you're okay. I think you're okay. Back of the box. Isn't that feeling like when, like when someone walks into the room while there's a dead or alive cutscene playing? <laughs> Why did it have to be that? Preferably, it's Helena with the worst French accent that I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Do I take? Ooh, ooh, is this? <laughs> What happened to Fame Douglas? 
Yeah. So bad, but worth it. And and again, just to remind you of the, uh, the how much how much faith there is within Mirror's the developers oh. uh, for <laughs> for the cutscenes mm-hmm. in Digital Life Five is that they're all blocked from capture and streaming. In fact, the entire <laughs> campaign is blocked from mm-hmm. capture and streaming on PS4. Which is the entire extreme the new Extreme Beach volleyball game is blocked from North America. <laughs> I think you mean censor. Hey PlayAsia.com. That uh, that <laughs> rock climbing picture, Anthony, that you shared the other day, oh, that gave me the, the heebie-jeebies. Like, isn't it just the best? <laughs> it looked hella dangerous. <laughs> how, how are you gonna cl- rock climb craggy arse rocks? We're talking bikini? to Astro Crag right now. We are. Uh, Dude, is that the Nickelodeon guts? That, I believe the so. Agro Crag. The Agro Crag. God, <laughs> I always screw that up. The Agro Crag, not Astro Crag. It's in space. <laughs> Hold on, there is there is a more extreme. Oh, now I now I can't find it. Yes, no. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the more extreme. Yeah, show version. it to all the viewers. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna no. I'm gonna give you guys a visual description of the rock climbing in okay, Denver Live Extreme right. Beach Volleyball. Close, yeah, I'm gonna close your eyes. Picture Helena in your mind. Okay. And she is wearing a string bikini. Climbing a sheer rock face with no gear whatsoever. That's impressive. And, I'm and imagining a, an Ace Ventura type situation when he's right, doing right, the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and 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 uh, Ludwig, please show both Max and Lucas what I just sent you in the final of the news screens. She is trying. Ah. Oh, to, oh uh, Let's say crest the top mm-hmm. of a cliff face. <laughs> She is, is washed ashore atop yeah. this uh, giant this rock. <laughs> With a look of what can only be described as, like, complete... Like, I, like, I know this is supposed to be sexy. Like, somebody captured this mm-hmm. that works on this game and was like, oh, look at, like, the look of ecstasy on her face. Mm-hmm. And no, she is clearly, like, there is now gravel stuck between my breasts. <laughs> yeah. That is... That is what is happening. There is gravel and dirt and like a spider, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what kind of bugs they have on this it's a island. Bad it's time. Yeah, it's not good. It's a bad scene. We are so, going to stream that game for an entire week. You can't get it. It's being actively censored. You will be arrested by the censorship police. Censorship police. Just thinking about we, it. We, we, we. Hello, sir. We um, happen to see you. Uh, are playing some censored materials. You're gonna have to ask uh, you to come a young, with us. A young man, a young man wearing Google Glass glasses mm-hmm. and and a fedora will show up. Hi, I'm from no. the SJW police, and uh, we have received reports that you have purchased a. <laughs> this is a fictional person that I imagine people of course. on Neogaf think. If you if you're not real. following the story so far, what happened was <laughs> the creator and publisher of a video game decided that there wasn't a good enough or lucrative enough market for this game, mm-hmm. right. so they didn't release it in the territory yeah. because they're a business, and businesses like ma- like making money. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a sound business. That's session. what happened. We're yeah, but we prefer the narrative of censorship, of course. Do we count Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball Three, even though it's not a game that people could actually play yet, as a course correction on a series that went wrong? <laughs> Does this fit your category, Ludwig? I don't think so. What, what's the opinion on? So, what is the opinion on Dead or Alive Five? Do people? I thought that was pretty good. Oh, I love but, it. Yeah, I, mean, I enjoy I think, it. I think as four, a four game. is like a real standout game because of the the online lobby system and all mm-hmm, that cool stuff mm-hmm. that they kind of just got rid of over the times. But it's a good fighting game, and I feel like every the thing that really annoys me about DOA is like you have to always make your argument for like, oh, I actually enjoy the fighting. <laughs> no, no, no. I swear. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Like so, when someone walks in during one of those cutscenes, it's like, no, it's no, 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 please, please, please. I think this is, I think this is funny. Really, no, where are you going? It's ironic. It's I'll I'll play Bayonetta instead. I'll play Bayonetta instead. Uh, Bayonetta is coming to Super Smash Brothers. That's awesome. I just wanted to say that. Yes, so awesome. I couldn't help myself. It is. It's about time. I hope she has Moon River as her stage music. No, they showed the songs and it wasn't. They didn't have Moon River and they didn't have uh, fun licensing. Licensing. Uh, but that's a, that's a really cool character to add, and I think it's even cooler than Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I do like the limit burst uh, mechanic. That seems pretty cool. But that's just me. 
Anthony, I have some news that you will find interesting. I know uh, you've been asking me about upgrading the hard drive mm. on your PlayStation 4, and I figure if you're asking me, then uh, some other people will be interested in it as well, because you're mainly concerned with preserving your copy of PT, mm-hmm. which is the uh, Silent Hills precursor, which is now basically uh, one of our most contemporary gaming artifacts, because it is the setup for a video game that is never going to happen that was canceled as... As hard as you can cancel anything. Yeah, <laughs> eviscerated. They just uh, reached just in like and just, totally just pulled the guts right out of it. Uh, the you know the creators aren't even involved anymore. Like they're just not going to do it. And to top it all off, because of likely a weirds rights issue, because there are you know there's a Hollywood person in this game, uh, you can no longer re-download it. So if you've downloaded it and it's on your hard drive, that's it. You need to you need to preserve it. Treasure you to, that. You have to keep this digital file with you for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there is a hack going around that you can re-download it from the servers by tricking the servers into thinking you are a proxy downloading it, like you're not a PlayStation 4 downloading it from the servers, <laughs> which is odd, and I expect that to be corrected because I don't think it's legal for Sony to actually distribute the game anymore, even if it's unintentional. Um, but you wanted to know about transferring your stuff between hard drives, yes. right? <clears throat> so you couldn't always do this, but I think... Uh, maybe about four or five months ago, the PS4 firmware was updated, and there's an option now where you can back up uh, everything that's installed on the hard drive, like the game installations as is. You can back that up onto an external hard drive um, and then restore that whole chunk to your new hard drive. And uh, PT should be preserved as long as it's still the account that you downloaded it with, as long as that account owns the game. Nice. A little, little hoop jumping, but... Pretty good. Yeah, the only thing. So the only thing that that caught me by surprise when I did this, I upgraded to a terabyte hard drive as well, and it's the amount of time that you need to back up, <laughs> you know, say three hundred gigs day. from your PS4 hard drive onto an external hard drive through USB. It's it's like eight hours. No. Oh, <laughs> so if brother. you're gonna do it, do it at night or do it when you don't want to use your PS4. Do it at night so that Konami can't see you while you. <laughs> I'm I'm quite honestly too distracted by this Oprah uh, ad on our site. <laughs> there's, an, there's an Oprah ad on the website that I have. <laughs> uh, but you can read more about the, the tricks to downloading PT if you've deleted it, but you you have an account that like owns it. If it's in your library, uh, you can look that up at gamesradar.com slash news. And what what is the special, like, you can just find it in your library? Are there extra hoops that you have to jump through, or...? Uh, you use some software on PC, oh, wow. uh, and you can you run your PS4 through there. Um, so it is so it's it is downloading it from the official PlayStation servers. It's just uh, tricking them into thinking you're downloading it from something else. It's not a retail PS4. Wild. Yeah, yeah it's, like I, like I said, that sounds like a mistake, an oversight that someone will have to fix. Um, but we'll see. Uh, the other thing that that this connects to is uh, the Kojima slash. Konami saga is finally over. Yeah. Ish. So it's official. He is no longer with the company. Um, he's, you know, once he's completed with uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, he went over to form an independent studio. And when we say independent studio, he means, we mean like he's got four people so far. They're not working on a game just yet. I'm sure they're planning one. Um, and they're going to work with uh, PlayStation to release it on PlayStation first. It's going to come to PC as well. Um, but it's PlayStation first. They just snapped him up, as you would expect, because, I mean, it's CDO. That's Kojima, a good move. Right? Why, a great would you, move. why wouldn't you pursue that? Um, his new company, he's, he's left Kojima Productions to form Kojima Productions, <laughs> which I love. Um, the logo is like a cool skull inside a, uh, like a suit of armor. Yeah. To me, it says that it looks like a virtual reality. Like, I'm sure that will be... What someone like Hideo Kojima mm. will pursue next, oh, and I uh, if I were trying to make PlayStation <laughs> VR fly off the shelves with the core gamer demographic, uh, I would try to convince Hideo Kojima to make a game for it. Uh, no. <clears throat> Did you see the cool you parallel see- with the the logos, like when Big Boss is working for uh, the thing that I don't remember the name of? He has Foxhound. The, he has the. What what was the Koji Pro logo? Then he gets the skull symbol when he's on his own. Same yeah. like the uh, Koji Pro. You're talking logo. about the uh, the militaries without borders. Yes. logo, which Militaris is the, which is Pangea in the shape of a skull. 
because something something to do with one world <laughs> trying to like unite the I don't know one love I don't know Cos made it sound very poetic when he was talking about how it was Pangea and we're all in one world together but you're just a by the way he's a big old Cos voice actor in English same as Travis Touchdown just thought I'd throw that no out way. there no. <laughs> so wait why are you saying no Anthony do you not think that is likely to happen or do you just not like the idea I just <laughs> don't want to play a Hideo Kojima game in VR like like just that that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen why because uh, you've been looking do, at boobs all the time yeah we'll start there we'll start with the <laughs> perv factor and then we'll move on to like like this is this is every single time I start to think about the commercial potential for VR, and I talk to people, I'm like, how often have you played a VR game? And they'll be like, I've done it a lot. I have an Oculus, you know, DK2 at home, and I've used uh, the PlayStation VR at events. And every single time I, I, I talk to somebody who's used VR, I ask the same question. How long have you used it for? And the answer is always like, oh, well, the demo was like, half an hour and then I think about how long you play Hideo Kojima games for when you play them and I mean like even the ones that are supposed to be portable and speedy experiences like Peace Walker (laughs) you will have that goddamn thing on your face for a minimum of six hours at a clip I've got a solution for you I've got it right here it's called micro episodic uh, Five minute episodes. Oh my! Three God. minutes of credits. Two minutes uh, of gameplay. It's called. You can buy. You can buy an upright. Like they have those beds that are a race car, <laughs> but instead of a race car, it's Metal Gear Rex's head, and then there's a bed built into it that sits. I was like an upright Murphy bed, like yeah. in Coneheads. And then you just lay in that with your VR thing on. Yeah, and then you never go outside again. Yeah, and then you're Bruce Willis in that movie where everybody's a robot. <laughs> Surrogates. Surrogates, yeah. And isn't it like the tutorial will be like, crouch to crouch, walk to walk. Yeah. Because you're just acting out every single motion. It'll be like you are Snake. Snake, Except don't wander around traffic and get struck by a vehicle. They, they can't use Snake, <laughs> you know, because intellectual property. So it'll be, you know, Kurt Snakeskin. <laughs> Something like that. It's Iroquois. just Kurt let's, let's Russell. That's a good name. Do you think it'll be Kiefer Sutherland or David Hayter who reprises the role of? I think you get the option snake. at the beginning of the game to wow. see which one you want. That's big budget. That is big budget. Um, either way, Kiryu Kojima spoke to the New Yorker and he said that his uh, <laughs> mission, the mission that I've been given in life, is to keep making big games. So like. Despite his uh, turn toward independence, I don't mm-hmm. think you should expect, you know, pixel art. I mean, yeah, because okay. he's always been quoted as saying that as long as he's alive, he wants to keep creating new things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although he also is, always talks about how he doesn't just want to be known for Metal Gear his whole life. So yeah. I'm a little surprised this well, I mean, was his first project. He is known for other stuff, too, just not as prominently. Right. And if, if he's like, he's like the... The, the the story of like they keep they keep bringing me back for one lost job right like yeah. he wants to <laughs> to just break out and then they start making a game and he's like oh, I wouldn't do it that way well let me just let me just help you over here for a little bit and then three years later yeah, the exactly. game's done and he's like well did Whoops. It again <laughs> whoops they keep bringing me back <laughs> uh, but this time it's really done for reals um, and I think it's exciting I, I'm I'm excited for him to just be forced in a way to pursue something new. Right, like you'll have to do a new story, a new kind of game. Maybe it'll be a horror game like Silent Hills could have been, maybe. Um, that's exciting. I, I, I think we're well past the stage where you are, you want to play another Metal Gear because you want more of the same. And we're at the stage where we want more of like Hideo Kojima's touches and style mm-hmm. in a game. It doesn't have to be Metal Gear anymore. Uh, which is like something that he wrestled with even in the very first sequel to Metal Gear Solid. Right. Where it was like sort of the story even acknowledged the fact that people just kind of want the same thing, but they're not they're not really sure how exactly they want it. So it's up to whoever's making the sequel to figure that out. I want it to be the same but different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you do that for me, Hideo Kojima? Make it the same but different. Why couldn't they get the band back together, though? Get Del Toro. Back in the line because they're homies. They could. And then Norman Reedus, I'd love to see him. I mean, he might back. just be playing it close to the chest. Maybe he does all of the cards yeah. are there. Yeah, he doesn't want to be. Did, 
Did you guys Don't want to tip see, his hand. Did you see that uh, both Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro have said things recently to the effect of, like, I th- like you know, we were so close, I think we might still make something happen. Like, Norman, mm. Norman Reedus talked about P.T. in an interview, and he was like, yeah, like, you know, I think we all still want to work together. Yeah, it could happen. Like, and let's face it, Silent Hills wasn't going to be so closely tied to the Silent Hill mythology that right. it yeah. wouldn't feel like a different game anyway. Mm-hmm. So they could just really call it anything and make a, a game of that same style. They could get the same manga artist that they had. They could get John Reedus, Guillermo del Toro. Um, and a lot of the sort of like Shio Murata is coming over. He's still working with Kojima. So the core team that sort of has dictated the direction of Metal Gear Solid is still there. Um, it's really just going to be a matter of time. Like it's going to be two, maybe probably probably three years before we yeah. even see a trailer for whatever it is they're working on. <laughs> well, depending on what, depending on how much uh, Sony supports them. If Sony's like, just have someone, just we'll, we'll give you Sony Japan. Right, like they'll <laughs> yeah. they'll make whatever you want. Like they just finished uh, hey. Gravity Rush Two. Yeah, you know, just have them do something, whatever you want. Throw and dude, dude, the the guy, the freaking creator and director of Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush Two is the guy that created Silent Hill in the first place. Right, what? it's perfect. I did not know that's gonna happen. Oh yeah. Oh man. See, these are exciting See, times. I like the other thing that Kojima talked about in that New Yorker uh, interview that I thought was was very interesting and sort of gave some insight into, you know, perhaps why it's taken him so long to do certain things, is he he said something to the effect of, you know, part of the great thing about going independent is I'm no longer part of a corporate culture where I have to wait to do anything where I'm constantly at the mercy of somebody who needs to approve all of these different things and, you know, not like in a, oh, you know, uh, like a ridiculous, like, you know, you're asking for too much money way. Here, I actually have the exact quote. When working in big companies, especially Japanese companies, every little thing has to be approved beforehand and you need paperwork to do anything. Now that I'm independent, I can do what I want with much more speed. I don't need to invest time in unnecessary presentations. I shoulder the risk. So I wonder if, you know, if, if he will be able to work at a faster clip than what we think of as, like, the, you know, typical Kojima timeline of production. Well, I mean, you could argue that he has a more sensible or more risk-taking investor now in the form of Sony because... I mean, he also said, if you're only focused on the profits immediately in front of you, the times will leave you behind, which I would say is that is the quote that encapsulates the split between Kojima and Konami, right? Like, I'm going to spend $80 million on this game. It's going to take five years to make, but when it comes out, we will be ahead of the curve. And I think that's exactly what happened with Metal Gear Solid V, right? Like, it is an open-world stealth game unlike anything else. Yep. It's way ahead of everyone else, but... If you are someone who's had to balance the books for five years at Konami, you might not see it that way. You might say, like, why didn't you make three Metal Gear Solid games in the time that we <laughs> gave did, you to make this Why one? didn't you make three Metal Gear Solid erotic violence pachinko machines? I mean, so Ground Zeroes <laughs> is probably a compromise. Maybe, maybe Kojima is pissed off that Ground Zeroes is even a thing. Yeah. Like, they probably forced him to release something, like anything. Please, just put out something that we can sell to make money. And that is prologue, and I think a lot of the the uh, the negative reaction could have been avoided for that game if it was part of the the original game. If it was part of it, it would have been huge. Like people would have been like astounded at how much content is in yeah. MGS Five. It's funny, Luddy. Like I, he was very you know bald in talking about why Ground Zeroes existed when Ground Zeroes was first announced uh, at the end of 2012. You know they they showed that game off. Uh, in like August, September of 2012, it was when they announced the Metal Gear movie that uh, Avi Arad was producing, and that was when they announced the Kiefer Sutherland stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that Koji- movie totally came out. That, to- that totally <laughs> happened. Uh, Kojima, Kojima said when they were like asking, like, is Ground Zero's Metal Gear Solid Five, and he was totally cagey about it. Mm-hmm. He was saying, like, what Ground Zeroes is going to be is a smaller game that we release 
to try and, you know, sort of ease the long development cycle and help fund the longer development cycle of, you know, this larger game. It is and, please look forward to the yeah, video game. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Please look forward to it. The business plan. <laughs> and uh, it's like it's I, the pairing of him and Sony is perfect because Sony are clearly like batshit insane. Let's roll the dice and see what we, you know, do by betting on the long con. Because I mean, just look like, at how long it takes them to put out a Gran Turismo. Look how long. Better, it, yeah. Or like The Lost Guardian. Or The Last Guardian, or who the hell says, yeah, we're going to put up money for Shenmue 3? That's totally a good way to make money. Shenmue 3 is going to make us all rich. Like, no. No. That's that's just really smart investment in your brand over the long term. So, Maxwell and Lucas, do you think this is a... Like, do you think most people view this as a sort of decisive victory in the battle between Xbox and PlayStation 4? Or do most people just not care? Because I think like every all of the uh, discussion that I've seen around, around people who are following games very closely are saying, like, masterful move, you know, this is like, this is what's going to put PlayStation 4 ahead because they just they just snapped up, in some ways, the one of the best creators currently working in games. I feel like... <laughs> I don't want to sound like a fanboy, a Sony pony, as it were. Sony crony. Uh, PS4 is already ahead. Like, to me, right. this generation, it feels like the <clears throat> PS4 is what the 360 was last gen. Well, they're, all cl- they're pretty close in, in the U.S. Like, it's only recently that PS4 overtook Xbox One in terms of monthly sales. Hmm. Like, the, the this uh, November, the, it was the first Black Friday where it was reversed. My God. Um but in that's, Europe is a different that, story. That, Worldwide, it's certainly a different that's story. That's not true, buddy. That's not no? true. No? No, that's not true. Microsoft beat Sony with uh, for Black Friday sales and December sales in 2014, but they did not beat them at launch in 2013. In fact, they got freaking trounced at launch in 2013. And the big Microsoft mover was the price drop to $350 last fall. That was the that was the big thing, but overall annual sales in the U.S., uh, Sony has outpaced them pretty consistently since launch in 2013. But the gap isn't as large as it is elsewhere, though. No, no, it's not. Like I'd say, like you can still, you can still be pretty successful in the U.S. I think if you're Xbox, like you know, you can still totally. make a good show of it. Um, but you don't have that headline. You don't have the headline Kojima in partnership with PlayStation. <laughs> Uh, it is kind of funny, like, neither system, I would say, has a super-duper crazy exclusive on the horizon. It, at least it doesn't feel like that to me. Um, I certainly wouldn't count Scalebound. As, uh... I was just going to say Scalebound. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about that. you're telling me Scalebound isn't the, the, the real Killer draw for the kids? App. But let's let's say when a platinum game is so successful that like everyone is excited for it, then you know they've gone off the deep end. <laughs> They're probably not as good as they used to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it'll help. It certainly yeah. couldn't hurt. Well, I mean, like I'd say this holiday lineup in terms of exclusives, the Xbox One had a better lineup, but did it really make a difference? Is the question. Yeah. I mean, judging by Black Friday, maybe not so much. Uh, maybe Uncharted the Nathan Drake Collection is all that you need. Uh, that and the promise of a Hideo Kojima game. Um, but again, like I don't know if most people like would even know that name or, you know, have that way very heavily on their decision to buy one console over the other. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you say... said the uh, you said that whatever game Kojima's working on now is going to come out on PS4 and PC, right? Yes, PS4 first though. It's going to be like right. um, like a time exclusive right. Tomb Raider kind of situation. But I feel like people forget about that stuff too. Like even like Final Fantasy VII uh, remake, mm-hmm. it's coming to Xbox One. Yeah. It's just coming we, to PS4 first. Right. I th- I mean, but like everyone has no, no, no. associated also, it with uh, PS4. Yeah, right? any kind of... Oh, go ahead, Anthony. I was just going to say, Square Enix has never, ever confirmed that it's going to come to Xbox One. That's that's a wait-and-see kind of thing. Because right Those now... scare like, tactics. Yeah, and, and they, <laughs> they said flat out at the beginning, like when they were pressured... They were like, yes, Tomb Raider is going to come to PC and PlayStation 4. Like, they went on record. Well, they that. said it eventually. 
They, they've yes, eventually <clears throat> they have never said that for Final Fantasy VII. Remake. But at the same time, it does say PS4 first. first. I think you would just say PS4 exclusive if it was truly exclusive. Mm. Well, you would just the say thing that. is, is I think that a lot of these deals that Sony is doing, where they're partnering with people to in mm-hmm. part fund these games, Shenmue. Sony's a partner in that. Shenmue Three is going to go to Street Fighter Five. Street Fighter V, exactly. Like, and whatever this Kojima game is. I think Sony is very, very interested in saying, like, yeah, we want to own this property in the console space, and we we want you to be as successful as you can be, so we'll get you on PC as well. But, like, as far at as... At first, but I, I, would say, I would say more than likely the remake is going to come to Xbox One. I mean, Kingdom Hearts is coming to Xbox One. Like, yep. I... Square Enix, I think, is in the business where they really want to be on all platforms. Like, in all of their games up until now have been on all the platforms. Yeah. So. I got a question for you guys. Do you think Nintendo will ever get back to the point where it's getting third-party support? Like, ever? I, I, well, what do you mean by third-party support? Like, so, any, like any, any third-party third party support? support? What I was will thinking of is, like, will they what if Nintendo again? had Fallout 4? So, like, what kind of world would that be? <laughs> I will say, Lucas, that that is that that I think is a far more likely candidate for the Final Fantasy VII remake than even Xbox One. Hmm. Like, because Square, because you stupid Yuji Horii, who's always just saying whatever <laughs> the hell he wants at, at press conferences for Dragon Quest, and then Square is like, "Shut up! He didn't mean that. Nobody pay attention to what that crazy old man is saying." But he he intimated when they announced Dragon Quest XI that it was going to be on NX. It's going to be on mm. the and like the the PlayStation Four beefy big gorgeous you know fully rendered 3D world Dragon Quest XI is going to be on uh, NX. So I think at least we're going to start to see like Square Enix Japan's games coming back to Nintendo's home console. Uh, as for like, you know, are we ever going to see like Blops Four on uh, on NX? Maybe. I think so. I think Nintendo has. I don't know if they will ever be willing to spend the money on this because like they're they're very conservative in terms of console development. But they have the perfect opportunity to slip in above the Xbox One just in terms of technology. Oh yeah. Because the narrative that is really hurting Xbox within a very sort of certain group of people is the fact that it is getting inferior versions of games. Like, the parody is not always there. Um, and that, that really hurts the system. Like, it is, when you read about, like, Just Cause 3 not running very well on Xbox One, like, that's the story. Like, people talk about Xbox One almost exclusively negatively in regards to that game. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, even though it might be fine, it's still, it rankles some people. <laughs> and, uh, like, when you have, like, Star Wars Battlefront, which is one of the biggest games of the year, it's 720p on Xbox One. That's like that, oh, that is disappointing, that. right? That's uh, is it really? <laughs> yes. Ooh, yikes! Sets a tone, right? And it's like you keep hearing like these. So like maybe it's a, a development thing. Maybe developers aren't investing the right amount of uh, energy in this. Like, but but obviously they want their game to look as best as it can on any platform. So you know maybe maybe it was a bad call in the Xbox One's original design to not have it be quite as powerful as the PS4 and the PS4 I think is is they recently updated it so that it could you know be a little beefier mm. um, and even though not everyone cares about that like that narrative is really difficult to get away from because now every single time a game comes out in both systems you know digital foundry is checking they're like counting <laughs> the pixels and it's the same thing almost every single time um, but then again like then you have a, a game like a uh, rise of the tomb raider which looks absolutely fantastic Stunning. and that's yeah. and that's 1080p it's like just you know no big deal Man, how is it that Tomb Rise of the Tomb Raider looks so goddamn gorgeous on Xbox One, and Halo Five looks like a freaking bootleg PC game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's quite that bad. I, I think it looks fine, but like there is, it's very clear that the people at Crystal Dynamics are really talented in terms of making a game look fantastic. Um, to the point where I don't think you'll have this issue when it comes to PS4. Like it'll just be the same game. Yeah. Like, it won't be like the, the Xbox One got the inferior version or whatever. Um, but I mean, and then that, there's a good example of Square Enix having an exclusive game on a system and it kind of backfired to some degree. Mm. Not because of the system itself, just because you can't really compete against Fallout 4. 
Yeah, what are you doing? Releasing but then, like, the who the who, who at Microsoft is in charge of selecting release dates? Because yeah. they like they Alan waked it. Yeah, what are you like, what are you doing doing that? Why w- delay the game to December, stupid? Like just coordinate it with like, oh, it's a new sale. It's a pre-Christmas sale, everybody. Happy Hanukkah, new bundle with the Xbox One and the Rise of the Tomb Raider. Why would you go up against a Bethesda Softworks game? Which is, like, one of the few things that everybody on Earth comes out of the woodwork. It's like Grand Theft Auto games coming out. People that never play video games come out for Fallout <laughs> and Elder Scrolls games. Like, ugh. That's true. I mean, but then, uh, you have to cower to Bethesda? <laughs> oh, we're going to back off because Bethesda's coming Todd out with it? Todd Howard. Todd Howard? What, do they have, like, 60 people over there working on this game? Are you game, kidding me? A game where you're just picking up junk off the streets? Have you seen this? Adventure and it's Fallout 3 plus Animal Crossing. Nobody's going to going to back down from this challenge. I think we're scared of those nerds. I know. Oh, that's a bunch of nerds over there. Not here in Richmond, baby. We keep it real. Um, I don't know why. That's also a little different just because it is a third-party game that was available on multiple platforms going down to just one. Like, there's yeah. just a lot of disappointment associated with that. Because a lot of people have already made their choices. They bought their consoles or their PCs or whatever, and they are, like, they're just waiting. That's all. I think overall that game will be a great seller. I think on PC it's going to kill it. A question for both of you guys. In your top three favorite games of the year, like your personal top three, is there a single console exclusive or platform exclusive? Yes. Yes. What's yours, Max? You go first, Lucas. I had N++, which, I mean, honestly, you can play N on, you know. A flash in a flash. Yeah, well, actually, plus on 360, uh, which is backwards compatible, I think. Is it? Is it plus? I don't know. I think so. Uh, Super Meat Boy is. I was um, playing that on Xbox. But yeah, N plus plus is a great game and that is exclusive to PS4. Um, I think. It's so goddamn good. I oh think Rise of the Tomb Raider is in my top three. Yeah? Yeah. I really enjoyed that game. Mm-hmm. It was great. Uh, Bloodborne is a console exclusive. Ooh, that is I should have said, said that. I that have is PS4 that. only joint. That's mm-hmm. true. Maxwell, what about you? Uh, no, my, my one, mine's defunct now because I just realized it was on another platform. What did you think it was? I, I thought it was. I thought I had a PS3 exclusive on my hands, but it's also available on Vita. Oh, what? Vita. <laughs> hey, everybody, remember the Vita? <laughs> what a nerd. What is it? It's uh, Deception the latest 4. Super Robot Wars game. Everybody's favorite series that nobody in this room knows about. Wait, 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 You would have to look. It's uh. <laughs> wait, a Super Robot Tyson game came yeah. out this year. Died in English? Three? No, in Japanese. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh man. Damn. Super Robot Tyson. <laughs> I got whatever, really whatever. excited. I got really pumped. Die three gen Super Robot Tyson Tengoku Hin. <laughs> I believe is the full title. <laughs> Uh, Anthony, so like, what do you have in your top three? Because I, is I, is there any console exclusive in there? Because I know you love The Witcher three. I know Devil's, you love Devil's Third, baby. <laughs> right oh, at the top. Get out! If you had said Splatoon, right I might top. have accepted it. Like with Itagaki. <laughs> Splatoon didn't even make my top ten, man. But I mean, I, if you had said that, I would believe it. Versus Devil's Third, where I know you just yeah, you okay. just I'm, I'm yanking chains. Uh, beyond, beyond Two Souls, no, that's on PS4. As <laughs> yeah. As well as Beyond Two Souls, man. Worst high school party in the world in that game. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, was a real bomb see. out. I, I, I honestly, I think the only thing that would really come close to cresting my top three is N++ is certainly up there. Because that game is perfect. It's just yeah. perfect. <laughs> who, who was it between you and Luddy that... Uh, Came up with the N plus plus is a perfect that's game. That's me. Oh, that's, that's Ludwig. Me. That's Ludwig's yeah. thing. I'm it's playing, a perfect game. That. It's not the perfect game, but it's a perfect game. It's, You're yeah. right. <laughs> like it just it, it like it's what? not the perfect video game in terms of the video game archetype, but it is a perfect reproduction. So it's better Mario Brothers three. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. better, better than Ocarina 3. of Time. Better than Ocarina, yes, yeah, better than Ocarina of Time. Better, time better as well. than Undertale. I was Internet. about to say that. Right, let's not make me make that choice. That's, that's an exclusive. PC, that's a PC exclusive. A PC exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and N plus plus is definitely close to my top three. Yakuza five is very. 
Like, I, I'm, I'm about three... I'm three-fifths of the way through. I just started my career as a pop idol in Yakuza <laughs> 5. Uh, and it, it is damn... Da- All right, do you guys... Lucas, I know that you're about to play Yakuza I'm going to jump 5, in over break, But for do sure. you guys mind if I spoil something that happens? Yeah, by all means, by all means. Little, little, little story spoiler. In this the Force the Awakens. <laughs> Yakuza 5. This is, my, this is my sell to the entire world of why Yakuza 5, a PlayStation 3 game that came out in 2012. And Has it been that long? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. It is a three-year-old game. It is only now <laughs> coming out in the U.S. Here is why this is almost in my top three for 2015. Okay. At one point, you break out of prison by beating the shit out of 100 men. That is not hyperbole. There are 100 people that you have to beat the crap out of in a prison yard in Hokkaido. That sounds like a reason to go to prison. Not yeah, just, just to get in that fight. And then, when you're done beating 100 men up, you get on a snowmobile, and you start to play a like freaking Sega old-school racing game on a snowmobile through the woods that turns into a snowmobile fight because you have to do drift turns on the snowmobile to knock other mafia guys off of their <laughs> snowmobiles. But then you crash Did directly. Do snowmobiles have tinted windshields? No tinted windshields. So you know it's a mafia snowmobile? What is tinted is the giant man-eating bear that appears moments after you crash the snowmobile off a cliff and then you have to fist fight the bear i mean that's some zangief shit well i don't know about you guys but i'm sold i mean that is that but that there's like a historical precedent for that like in japanese law like if you do actually (laughs) fight 100 dudes beat them and then fight the bear like they are legally like you are legally permitted to leave prison yeah that 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 constitutes our equivalent of a presidential pardon in japanese society This is a but only fact. only if you crash the snowmobile. Like yeah, that's kind of a weird of thing. That's out. what gets a lot of people. A lot of people they train, they do the whole thing, but they don't wipe out the snowmobile. <laughs> they just, they just get off and fight the bear when they see the bear, and they're like, "No, you got to go back and do it again." You do not get to go to the Japanese acro crag. It's done. <laughs> they shoot. They send you off to the astro crag instead. It's up in space. You're never coming back from that. Exile. You're never coming back. <laughs> you are exiled to the astro crag. <laughs> Oh, brother. Oh, man. And they so, give him the thing. They give him the piece of the, ass, the aggro the crag. Foam, the foam. Right. But it's like, I imagine that's the only one they have. So right. it's like at the end of the show, they're like, okay, can you, you got to give, give it back. back. <laughs> we're done taping. Can you, can, just, you got to give it back. Here's some here's some rollerblades. Please give me the trophy back. Yo, what, what do you think? We're made of pieces of this? It won't be. Yeah. It, it'll just be a crag if we give out pieces yeah. of it every single time. You want to ruin the show? <laughs> Hey, you want to just cut up the set and just take pieces of the set with you? Look, kid, I'm not going to tell you how to fight your bear. (laughs) you got to give that piece of the crag back. I'm taking that piece of the crag back. You probably got to keep the double dare flags, right? I'll walk over your dead body, kid. (laughs) Pick up that piece of the crag and put it back on the mountain. Do you do you think what is the guy's name on Double Dare? Mark Summers. Mark Summers. Don't no, dude. Don't don't take anything from him. Yeah, don't fuck with Summers, man. <laughs> don't don't screw with those flags. He'll get you. He'll come, yes, he'll come you to your are. hotel room after the till two and unwrapped yeah. on your body. <laughs> Just go back, go back and look at the newspapers of the time, man. A lot yeah. of families showing up with broken. A lot legs of M Summers appearing in the headlines. Who is this M Summers? He's <laughs> ruthless. Whoever he is. <laughs> wow, that got weird. <laughs> well, if you if you enjoyed that uh, th- that discussion about some of the best games of the year, uh, top threes, uh, you will hear more of that in the future. Uh, we're not going to have an episode next week because it is Christmas, and we as human beings need to see other human beings during that time and give them gifts. Um, I think that's how it works. I've never really done it. Um, try to avoid human beings whenever possible. But uh, we're not having an episode. We might have one the week after, and we will be talking about our Game of the Year selections as a website, um, which were fairly easy to determine after we had finished the uh, gladiatorial-style combat, mm-hmm. the elimination rounds, and uh, the assassinations. It was a double-dare kind of situation. Yeah, like it was, it was getting <laughs> pretty summer. brutal. Um, but I think the list turned out pretty well, and uh, we'll share it with you as soon as uh, we have it finalized and ready. But I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I think uh, the choice 
of Splatoon as game of the year is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Avant-garde. You surprised all of us? And it's just because it's colorful. We just feel like, <laughs> we like colors this year. Everything was brown. Mm-hmm. Let's go that, with Splatoon. That selection of the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, not the 3D version, mm-hmm. as game of the year. Was yeah. Really less just, field. Just Vanquish again, <laughs> as it should be. It's still like we're still waiting for someone to make a better game than Vanquish. Someone, anyone? Okay, guess it's game of the year again. What do I M plus plus? It's a perfect game. <laughs> no, it's not the perfect game. It's a Vanquish a is the perfect game. Yeah, Vanquish is, is Vanquish. Okay. Game. <laughs> okay. Okay. I understand. That's the back of the box quote. They release a disc version, and on the back it says, A perfect game. No, not the perfect game. A perfect game. Games Radar. (laughs) No, seriously. End quote.